Nick again, good to be with you. It really is great to be with you and great to catch up with Phil and, and Phil, Phil and Phil. Boy, they've got great haircuts, haven't they? Anyway, um, I might have to edit that. But anyway, let me just share a few thoughts about um, uh, small is the new big, or let me say it another way, the micro, uh, the micro uh, church or a smaller church. Um, I'm just absolutely fascinated when I did some digging into this the last number of years of how many times it mentions in the Bible about uh, people being ministered to in homes. And we, most of us, in fact, all of us probably listening to this has a home that you can minister in and uh, minister to people. And let's just start in Matthew. We'll start in Matthew 26, 6. And also Mark 14, 1 to 9, it talks about this ministry that took place in Simeon's home, which touched the world. It was about the woman with the alabaster uh, ointment that broke open the alabaster and ointment and poured it over Jesus. And the Bible says wherever, it's the only story actually, wherever the gospels preached, this story will be told of, of her. Fascinating. And it happened in a home. Um, Matthew 26 18, the Last Supper was in a home. Mark 1, 29 to 34, miracles took place in Simon and Andrew's home. Many were healed and demons were cast out, but it all happened in a home. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, miracles took place in a house and, that it was, and it was overflowing with people. In fact, it says that the whole town came to the door of this house. They couldn't all fit in, obviously. But it must have been a fairly large house and miracles took place uh, in that home. Supernatural. I wonder what supernatural things God wants to take place in your home. Mark chapter 7, verse 17. Jesus went to a home to pray. Luke chapter 19, 5 and 9 to 10. Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' home. doesn't say come to the meeting. He doesn't say come to our, our temple. He says uh, uh, he invites himself to Zacchaeus' home. And salvation came to that home. Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Every day they met in the temple and from house to house. Every day they were in someone's home uh, and in the temple. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. And if you go through that chapter, Cornelius had a, has a vision and Peter has a vision while at the house, uh, at a house to go to the house of Cornelius and salvations happen there. Cornelius has a vision to go and find Peter and he tells him the address and, and shows him and the Holy Spirit moves and baptisms uh, are the result and it all happens in a home. Fascinating. Um, Acts chapter 12, verse 12, a prayer meeting in Mary's home. Uh, many, many gathered for prayer. Acts chapter 16, verse 32. Salvation came to the jailer's household at his home. I wonder what salvations are yet to take place in your home. Uh, I wonder what supernatural things take place in your home. God has given us these resources, a home. Acts chapter 16, verse 40. Paul and Silas went to the home of Lydia, where they met with believers and encouraged them. Went to a home, didn't go to a home. Uh, uh, a meeting place. Maybe if there was a cafe around, they would have gone there. But anyway, it doesn't say that. It says they went to a home. They went to the home of Lydia. Acts chapter 18, verse 7. Salvation's happened in the house of Titus Justus. 
Crispus, the leader of the synagogue and his household, were also experienced salvation in that home. Acts chapter 20, 20, uh, Acts chapter 20 uh, and verse 20, um, Paul speaks publicly, but also in homes. Acts 28, 23 and 30 and verse, verse 30 and 31. Many people came to where Paul was staying, his home. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus. But he had a residence there and people came and listened to his home. He was kind of in a lockdown, actually. And uh, Romans chapter 16, verse 5. Greetings from Paul to a church that meets in a home. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The church of Aquila and Priscilla's house sends greetings. Colossians 4.15, a church meets in Nympha's house. Philippians verse 2, a church meets in Philemon's house. And he's giving greetings to those, uh, not those groups, not those um, cell groups. He's giving greetings to the church that are meeting in a home. I wonder if your home could host a church. Anyway, that's an interesting question. Could it be that the upper room in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and fast forward there, was a large home. Let's also remember that Acts chapter 2, verse 46, they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. Listen, they were under Roman rule. They were being hunted down. They were in hiding. They were in a lockdown. They didn't have the Bible as we know it. They didn't have buildings as we know it. Uh, but they met in homes. Acts chapter 28, verse 7 to 9. Paul went to Publius's estate. Uh, it's, his, it's his home. And Publius's father was healed. Other sick people on the island came. Uh, and they, it seems that they came to the estate and were healed there. Miracles took place in that home. Um, and look, I'm not asking, I'm not saying there's a case for either or, but what I'm saying is I'm making a case for both ends. We seem to be so focused on the macro. We seem to be so focused on the mega church. And it seems that most leaders aspire to these. And I wonder if we forget the micro. In fact, most people meet in a micro around the world. Most people meet in a, in a church that's kind of like uh, 80. Uh, most churches are less than 80 people in a, in a, in a service, in a congregation. Uh, in fact, less than that. Uh, you, you go to India, you go to China, uh, you go to Thailand, you go to Africa, uh, Iran, uh, Ukraine at the moment. I've been in the catacombs in Rome and they, they, had, um, they had rooms that probably be no bigger than a small lounge or a small dining room. And they met and they, had, they prayed for one another. They had communion there. They heard the word, they, what scriptures they had. They read the scriptures and they encouraged one another there. I wonder if we can go back to that once again. And so let's be honest. Uh, most churches have begun in homes or places that were small. Also, as I've already said, let's remember that most churches, approximately 80% worldwide, are less than 100 in attendance. Uh, the question is this, is small the new big? especially during this season, especially during this COVID season. It's going to be with us, I think, for a little while yet. And it's pushing us to, to think small is the new big. Friends, church is not cancelled. I think it's just been formed uh, in, a, in a different way. And I think God is speaking to us 
in all this. I think he really is. And I think it's simple and I think it's uncomplicated. Micro churches, small churches, don't rely on attendance numbers. They don't rely on buildings. They don't rely on cash. They don't rely on what I call ABC, attendance numbers, buildings and cash. Of course, if you need a building as attendance is larger than a home, well, then get a building. And if you need money, get it. But please do not hear me say church in a home or church or micro churches are the only way. But what I am suggesting, let's think about this a little bit more than we have been. They do multiply faster. They really do. Small things multiply much more easy. I think um, the last few years have showed us that a virus that you can't see is changing the way we, uh, you, you know, the world works. Um, you, you'd have to say that. Uh, it certainly impacts a world. They take less resource. It's low or no cost. Leadership capacity doesn't need to be as high. It's not that complicated. They don't require large buildings. Making disciples is so much easier. Everybody can get involved. Everybody can pray. Everybody can share something from the scripture. Everybody can encourage one another. Everybody can put an arm around a shoulder and encourage and support one another. So I say small is the new big. I wonder what God has whispered to you as I've been speaking where you're standing, where you're sitting, where you're listening to this or in a group. I wonder what God has whispered to you. Maybe you could ask that in the, in the, in the, if you're meeting with a group or meeting with somebody else. I wonder what God has whispered to you. Just decide it like impressed to you. I wonder what you could pick up from this. I wonder what scriptures have sort of like, wow, that kind of, I didn't realize that. Or it was kind of, uh, you've heard it before, but something took place in your heart that um, is new today. And the second question is this. I wonder what you'll do with it. Maybe some of you uh, could start something in your home and invite your friends to come and just have a Bible study or do an alpha course in your home. There's all sorts of things you could do. There's so many resources out there that weren't out there uh, when the disciples met 2,000 years ago. So many resources on... uh, uh, in the social media and, and um, uh, on video these days. And so can I just uh, encourage you? I wonder what God has whispered to you. I wonder what you'll do with what you've heard. Hey, God bless you. It's great to be with you. And uh, let me just pray for you right now. Father, wherever people are, wherever people are listening right now, I ask you by your Holy Spirit, just to whisper your words, whisper your encouragement to them. If healing is needed, we declare your healing power right now. If finances are needed, we declare that resources, that that the windows of heaven would begin to open. Uh, If there's forgiveness needed, we ask you that you would just minister your forgiveness, uh, your tender heartedness, your kindness. Lord, your love. Lord, where faith is needed, we just thank you for an impartation of faith right now in Jesus' name. Amen.